Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God So as you're working your way back to your seats, um, you guys have been hearing some staff awareness stuff. So each week we've been sharing with you our different staff members and what they do because we feel like it's important that you know what our staff does and who is here. And this week we have kind of the lengthy one. Um, on my way to church this morning, I was drinking coffee, my second cup, and I didn't, if I ever go, if I double down on coffee without having something to eat, it's not a good situation. Has anybody experienced that? So I stopped, and the only thing I could find was um, many petite whole wheat w things. And everybody keeps asking me when we're having communion. Isn't <laughs> that awesome? How do you know you know church culture? If you show up with this and people are like, oh, we're having communion today. That's beautiful. No, we're not. I just am eating these. And if you guys would like one, um, we live communion. Amen? Um, one last thing about this room in here. There's going to be a changing table in there, and even if you're, like, married to somebody with a baby in there, it's going to be awkward if you go in there, okay? I have done this to people in our church, and it's weird from that point forward. Things are different. So, um, so yeah, so today our, our big staff awareness kind of showing is about our kids' ministry, and we have quite a few people in here to share, and my wife, Sarah, who you guys love and know, who's been out of pocket and here for a little bit and been in pocket and kids ministry for a while has just been doing awesome there and she like I just want to take a minute to brag on you like she really is if you know us long enough to know I think at first I can be kind of like almost slightly impressive like people like, I guess pretty cool and then after you get to know us you realize and that there's no kidding in that there's no false humility in that she carries the goods she puts out my outfits every morning <laughs> she doesn't do that. Um, so she's going to share today. Amen. I haven't seen these beautiful faces in a while. This is so great. I love you all, and I miss you, but I'm really privileged to be with our kiddos right now. 
Um, I'm going to lay this right here. So we just have some different things we're doing, some changes and updates, and we want you guys to be aware. Um, it's easy to forget what happens back there. Um, we can be fully present here, and it's great. Um, but we believe that what happens back there is equally important, that we believe we're about whole church, whole family, whole body. Um, so we want you guys to be a part of that as much as you can. Um, so I just want to do a quick sort of unpacking about um, City Kids and then introduce you to members of our team. So we knew that when we came into this space that we would probably have to adjust the way we did children's ministry simply because we had new space and new size and we've added on children. So that's part of this transition. So we've added on different people to our team. Um, but our goal is that our children would mature in their faith and experience a deepening relationship with Jesus. When we talk about vision for the children's ministry, it's these four things, okay? So this is not just for the adults. This is, this is for our children. We want our children to be living in love. We want them to be disciples making disciples. We want them to be practicing the disciplines of word, worship, and prayer, and we want them to be a part of transforming their community. So when we say, what's the vision for City Kids? It's the vision for our whole church. But we do that a little bit differently, right? So here's our mission. Our mission is to support the family and parents of RCC and to encourage the spiritual formation of our children through intergenerational influence, effective teaching, which is discipleship, and consistent spiritual direction. So that's our mission. That's the way we want to raise up our children. Um, we believe, and we say this a lot, that spiritual formation is growing to be like Jesus in character and conduct. And so obviously character happens in here, it happens first. And then conduct is an outflow of that. We see fruit, okay? So that's what we want to see happen with our children. And we're really excited for those of you that sacrificially serve, it's really beautiful to see those moments happen um, and see them wake up or see them get a concept or even hear what Jesus has spoken to them. Um, so that is our mission. That's our vision. That's our goal. And so we have so many people that are already participating with that vision. And so I want to introduce you to Janet, who you already know, who has been a huge part of our team since the beginning, but she's taking on sort of owning our toddler and our pre-K. And you guys, if you know Janet, I'm privileged to call her friend and ministry. We do ministry together and she, you just want to like be close to her because she's just a wealth of like beauty inside and out and, and good tricks for helping our children. So Janet, if you'll just come up and introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Janet Parker. Um, just tell them just what tell. you do. Okay. okay, great. Um, for I, I, I'm from the Northeast. I talk really fast, so just ask me to slow down if I do too that, and I won't be offended. Um, in pre-K, we've got a brand new um, curriculum that we're starting this year, and we're actually working through it right now. Um, it's the Good Shepherd, and so the kids are making sheep actually right now, and they're going to be going out and shepherding their sheep really gently um, and sweetly. So that would be, ideally, it's going to start in um, September. And so that would be, um, creation would be the first unit that we're going to start. The second unit will be um, the Good Shepherd, Jesus Loves Me and Takes Care of Me. Um, the third unit would be Jesus Wants to Be My Friend. And then in the summertime, we're going to be doing uh, mountains and um, beaches. But we're doing a lot of our activities and our learning through play. We've got centers set up for the kids so they can come in. They can play for a little bit, learn how to cooperate with each other, share, just really love each other. And then we move into our circle time. And that's where we do our, we do a little story, we do a song, um, 
and we do a craft, um, usually a lot of games. And so that's kind of what we're doing. And then they get snack. And then at the end, um, they get to have some free play again. So, so that's preschool. Is that okay? Good. <laughs> and then for toddlers, um, really, they're um, we just want them to know that Jesus loves us. So that's kind of their big theme. And so we're doing little crafty activities and playing and games and um, that with them too, with a, a little lower structure, but um, still structured for them. So. Welcome. So glad she's around. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, so I'm going to introduce you to Amelia, and you guys know Amelia. Um, Amelia is sort of like a chameleon. Um, we talked about this this week. I, I think I, I realized that her strength has really been developing ministries or providing a transitional piece and helping things sort of get rolling. She's really gifted that way. She's gifted administratively. I tell her this all the time. I'm so thankful that she helps me with this because she thinks of things I don't think of. So she's going to tell you a little bit about what she's doing specifically for city kids, but also what she does for the church. So if you see her like scurrying around, this will help you know what she's doing. Hi. Okay, so I am the ministry coordinator for River City, and I spend most of my time currently um, with the city kids, and I'm the administrative lead for them. Um, what I do for the church, a little bit of everything. I run to Costco. I run around and turn the lights off every day. So if you see me like running around, at, jumping on the stage, jumping off, turning off lights, um, I help Josh. I schedule his meetings. So we're like actually slowly switching to that. So if you need a meeting set up with Josh, contact me, not Josh. Um, and what do I do for city kids? I schedule the volunteers. I get super nervous talking too, so I talk fast. Um, I so I schedule. I make copies. Um, I go pick up supplies. I do whatever's needed, and um, I really pray. Like my heart right now, I really pray for the volunteers for City Kids when I'm scheduling. That's um, covered in prayer. That schedule is, and um, one thing the Lord spoke to me when I was um, just like scheduling is that that not only would you be impacting the children, but that the kids will be impacting you and that the volunteers could be healed in there. Um, there's something very pure about a child's faith. And so I'm believing to see that in there. And um, just also that we have enough volunteers in every single ministry so no one gets burnt out. So I'm very protective, I guess, of our volunteers. And is that everything you need to say? Great, perfect. Thanks, Amelia. Okay, so we have one more change that has been made in City Kids, and um, what's happening in this moment would not be possible without this person. And um, <laughs> Jen, will you come up here, please? <laughs> so you guys know that the Pintos have answered the call to foster, and it's a beautiful, godly, wonderful, pure ministry. Um, no, you can't get that. Far. Oh, okay. I thought you were running away from me. <laughs> um, so it's so neat when um, God wasn't kidding when he said, take care of the orphan, right? Like that's such a beautiful, and it's been so honoring, inspiring to watch you guys do that. Um, so inspiring. And we actually, as a church, are going to be doing some things with them and with their organization in the future. But we just, so Jen is stepping down from children's ministry to foster and to be more present. Um, she has to be fully present in that um, calling. And so we just knew it was time, and it was a really sweet conversation 
Um, but we are going to miss you so much. And so we have a card for you. But then, this is super goofy, but... <laughs> so I got you a plant, <laughs> and this is why. Um, you have been planting seeds in fertile soil for the last two years, and it's going to be fruitful. And I want to say thank you, and I want these guys to get to say thank you for just doing it when... I mean, she was part of, like, setting this place up. Her and Janet worked together on, like literally tilling the ground and so it is going to be fruitful it wasn't in vain and we just so appreciate you and your family and I appreciate you as my friend so just thank you for everything so (sighs) okay so now you guys don't have to keep asking Jen about children's ministry questions Um, so what this means is that there is a piece that we are filling and we are praying about what that looks like. So, um, I am actively involved back there and we'll be back there until that piece is in place. Um, so pray for me. (laughs) Um, no, I feel really privileged, but be praying about that. Be praying about the next thing and what God wants for our, um, children. Um, he's already sort of leading us in the right direction. So we feel really confident about where he's leading us, but we need your prayer And we need your investment. You guys all know what's happening next. All right, so can we play this video? It's so good. Okay. So we believe that our children's ministry and how they grow is an intergenerational uh, experience. So we need everyone. We need everyone. Literally, if you are not actively doing something on a Sunday morning, please consider joining the children's ministry in some way. The more people that pour in, the less often you have to do it. It's just the way it is. Um, And so I wanted a perspective of someone who has been around literally from day one. So Carolee has been a part of our children's ministry from before it was a children's ministry. And so she's going to um, just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, somehow, because you once you say yes to this job once, they just assume that you're always willing to do the ask, <laughs> which is fine. I don't mind. But um, so... The need has been spoken, I guess. I'll share personally a little bit about what the Lord has continued to show me about specifically children's ministry. Um, and that is, I was, um, I was reading in 1 Samuel, and I was looking at the relationship between Eli and Samuel when he's first called. And hang tight for me a second because it'll make sense. But um, And so when the Lord is calling Samuel, he calls three times, and it's eventually Eli that directs him to say and recognizes and discerns that it's the Lord calling Eli, or excuse me, Samuel, and not Eli. And so when I was reading that, the Lord kind of spoke to me that for our kids, the Lord is going to call our kids. And what the opportunity of children ministry and volunteering is to be the Eli in that moment, and it's to discern, and it's to pour in wisdom, and it's to direct them to say, that's the Lord, let's look at that. That's, that's what children's ministry is. And I very much believe that, and I believe in what the Lord is wanting to say to our kids I believe that he is currently speaking to them. This is simply an opportunity to get involved in what the Lord is already doing. You're not creating anything. You're not starting anything new. You're joining in what the Lord is doing and responding to the Lord. And by doing that, you're getting to spend time with awesome kids and 
getting kept up on the new current cool thing that you may or may not know about. <laughs> um, and so that's what, for me, children's ministry is about. It's not just about loving kids. Honestly, that sounds bad. But it's not really about that. It's recognizing that the Lord is doing something. Do you want to join in what the Lord is already doing? Do you want to be a part of the movement now so that when our kids are 15 and 16 years old and they're going out, you get to know that you put a mark in their story because you directed them to hear the Lord calling them. So that's why I keep saying yes. It's why I will probably say yes even after my son, our, my husband and I's son is born is because we believe the Lord is calling and we don't want to miss the opportunity of being a part of watching them turn to the Lord and say yes. So I say this to our volunteers when we pray on Sunday morning, but it's fertile soil, you know, and their good fruit will come. So if any part of any of those sort of help wanted, like those needs, if one of those jumped out, if one of those didn't jump out, um, please come talk to us, either myself or Amelia or Janet. Um, we have a training this coming Saturday, um, February 6th from 9 to 11. It's going to be fun. It's going to be informative. It will help equip you. Um, you are needed back there, but we are not just throwing you to the sharks. We give you everything you need so that you don't feel like you're drowning. Um, so the training will do that. It will help you feel equipped. So if there's any sense of... Um, calling to the community or calling to children or just I'm here to fill the gap, please come see one of us or just RSVP for the training. And that is it. Thank you for listening. My weekly lost my book is happening right now. Does anybody see my stuff anywhere? Is it over there? Is there a folder over there? The Lord direct us to the right place. Where is thy book? See how good I remember. Should I just do this? We got it. I prayed, and the, God spoke through something that my wife would be the one. My phone? No, we should turn our phones off in church, guys. We're all saved, right? Um, so really quickly, it's been a kind of a weird month, and one of the reasons is because we feel like we should open up the church to more than just a guy preaching. And I say that, and I understand that our culture is you should go to a church, hear a guy preach, go home, contemplate the word, be better all week, come back and do it again. We just don't believe that's biblical. We believe that you've got to create space for the things that are important to the Lord. And community of God is really important to the Lord. And so today, the way that we actively create space is we allow some people share story. And I'm going to read you a passage of scripture that's probably my trump scripture for the scripture I love most in my life. And after that, we're going to allow some people to share that have been newly added to our body. Because somebody recently said, I came and I've been gone for a while and I didn't know a lot of the faces. And a lot of you don't know this, but in the beginning, we used to have every time we met, two to three people share their story. It was lengthy. It was a lot of times longer than we really wanted, um, but that's, that's the nature of the gospel, right? Like, but we did that in the beginning and we started to grow. We came here. It's just become something we can't realistically do because all of you would freak out when it's lunchtime. And so... Um, so what we're going to do is four times a year on the month that there are five Sundays, we're going to allow the newer people to share story, share about their heart so you know who they are. And there are some that have said, yes, I'm sharing today. And if you're new here and you do consider it your home, we'd just love to hear a little bit about you. What this isn't is not a freebie to ramble for an hour. I'm just going to, can I just be honest here? 
because all you want me to be honest. It's not, all right, I've just got one more thing to say. It is going to be very strange for you if you go over today. And nobody's allowed to be mad at me. Say, I forgive you, Josh. <laughs> Say, I forgive you, Josh. Because it's going to be awkward. And you're going to be like, a pastor should not do that. And I'm doing this stuff. Because two minutes is not enough time for you to share about your whole life, right? So use wisdom, right? We don't want to hear all about when you were in sixth grade, okay? Great story for some other group. Just kidding, just kidding. Maybe I'm not. So what we do want to do, though, is open up the space for you guys to share. But I am going to read a passage, and I am going to just tell you a little bit about these two. So we're doing pots and sots this year, pots or prayers of the season. There's a scripture to, to back this, Revelation 5.8. We really believe there's bowls in heaven that you're praying to. Last week, you guys all prayed. Thank you so much. Each of you picked the one that you felt like the Lord put on your heart. I really, I felt like we got, we gained traction in all these this week, to be honest with you. Literally feel like I saw movement in these that we want God to answer. And then our scriptures of the season, we don't have right now. We're not going to pull those up, but we, we believe as a church that there are a few things that we believe God's speaking to us. One of those is Psalm uh, 1. We believe that we're supposed to be like a tree planted firmly next to rivers of living water. That's just, we've, this, this community is supposed to be healthy. It's supposed to be discipled. The world does not need more large churches that have great music and attractive preachers. It's just, it's just coincidence that you have that. That's, that had no, I mean, there's no actual connection. The world needs a deeper people. The world needs a discipled people. The world needs, even if it's 20 or 30 of us, if we're all discipled, this community will look different. It's confusing when there's churches of 10,000 and the community around them doesn't look different. That's a confusing, confusing message to our world. So we believe this year we're supposed to be, you're supposed to be like a tree planted next to rivers of living water. And so that's our hope, that's our prayer. And so one of the ways that you do that is creating space personally. We believe that you have to have space to hear the voice of the Lord. You have to create a space to slow down. And if you don't, you can't. On the move, he can. Of course, he can speak to you, pray without ceasing. We can, God speaks to us, we can pray as we go. Amen. But there has to be a place where you say, not my will, but yours be done, and know what thy will is. Amen. And when you live out of that, God provides the fruit. When you seek first the kingdom, all the other stuff will be added. And so this year, it's really about you. I just picture like a group of us just being so solidly founded in the Lord that it's coming out of us. We're not creating. We don't show up here and put on a face. I don't want to show up and pretend like I'm something so you guys give us another week. I want to just live out of what God, if I'm struggling, I want to struggle. I want you to do the same. If you're being discipled, though, it makes it such a beautiful path. And so today, we are going to share a little bit on, um, on John 4. So if you guys want to open up your Bibles to John 4, I'm going to read that, and then I'm going to open it up for some people to share. And if you know that you're sharing, there's not a particular order. So just be prepared in a moment that we're going to say, if you're one of the ones, you can come up. We'll do one at a time. As you guys are opening, you know, there's, there's, really, a, there's really a danger in sharing your story and, and someone sharing their story with you. Um, talking about earlier when we prayed into worship it's a little bit like I, I liken it to this all of us have a pet elephant so imagine you go home and you hey there's your pet elephant you know you've got a name for it whatever all of us have these things that if someone saw they would be shocked and astonished I don't care who you are I do not care you have it you have a pet elephant at your house so the trick with sharing your story isn't that you share all your elephants but that you, you find yourself in an environment where if you did you would you would be in a safe place right like the most beautiful thing that can happen is for you to actually be who you are and be accepted for that. 
right? The awful thing is when you feel like you're in a group of people where if you're not a certain way and acting a certain way and putting on a certain front that you wouldn't be accepted. That would be horrible. A lot of you don't know church that way. That's what we want to be. We want you to know that even if you think differently from us, even if your views are differently, even, that didn't make sense, even if your views are different, even if you, even if you find out that someone is a Republican and you're a Democrat, or if you find out someone really, really loves Nickelback, like it's their favorite band, <laughs> if you find out that this person during a worship setting wants to raise their hands and spin and dance, if you find out that this person really loves to open the Word and sit during worship and just study the theological content, what is God saying? That you look at that other and say, I, I'm letting you have your space. I don't want you to change so that you can be near me, right? That's beautiful community. And we just so happen to all come to the table. The table of the Lord has a lot of crazy people at it. The table of the Lord has someone trying to kill the Lord, right? And so as you look around this room, when we create story and cre create space for story, the trick isn't to find all the things in the person's story that you feel like you should be a part of changing. The trick is sitting and shutting mouths and listening and saying, I am creating a space for you. Ultimately, in John 4, this is the number one witness in the Gospels, this woman. She's the number one best witness of souls in the Gospel. The story isn't even about that. So I want to read you this passage, and then I'm going to call some people up. So, John 4. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees, and this is going to be a lot of Scripture, okay? This is a new thing for church. We're going to read a lot of the Word. A lot of you guys aren't used to that. I'm not going to talk to you about life skills right now. I'm not going to make you have a better week. I'm just going to read a passage. I'm going to let it do what it does, and then we're going to let people share. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not he who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it was about noon. Just a little tidbit, you would not go to this well at noon. You've all heard this passage preached before. It's because she wanted to avoid everyone. She did not want to have, have a confrontation with another person. She's going at the wrong time of the day where nobody would be there. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Another quick tidbit, please stay with me. If you're a, a male, you're not talking to a female without her husband there. You can, you can be stoned for stuff like this. You're not, if you're a Jew, you're not talking to a Samaritan at all because that's the worst of the worst enemy. They're scum, basically, that, that you would consider. This woman's interacting with this now. Now this person that should not be talking to me, I'm scum, I'm a woman, I'm second in society, She's interacting with, why are you even talking to me? Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you rivers of living, giving you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Another tidbit, spiritual pride and religious pride of this well. Historically, this is a man everyone revered. Are you greater than him, homeboy? There with your tiredness, sitting here? Who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons 
and, our, and then our father Jacob, who gave us the wealth and drank from himself, as, I'm sorry, as did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this. She's being cynical at this point. Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go and call. He drops the bomb on her. Okay? Go and call your husband back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, Yeah, you're right. You don't have a husband. You say you have no husband. The fact is that you have had five husbands. And the man that you have right now is not your husband. What you just have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see, and she's probably in the midst of immense shame. At 12 o'clock, trying to avoid everybody, now the big deep truth is out to a person who already hates her, according to their custom. What you've just said is true. Sir, the woman, I can see you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, this gives me goosebumps. I don't care if I'm reading this in my mind. I get goosebumps when I read this passage. The woman said, I know, the Messiah called Christ, this is crazy, is coming. She's talking to Jesus. No, the Messiah is coming. Like she's, ta- she's looking at Jesus. I, just, I want you to know, prophet guy, like the Messiah is coming and what you're saying is beautiful to Jesus. The one person in history that gets to do that. I, I mean, it's just, that's crazy to me. There's no way I'm finding my spot now, just for you guys to know. The woman said the Messiah is coming called Christ, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Like the ultimate bait and like hook. Then Jesus declared, I the one speaking to you, I am he. Just as his disciples returned and were surprised to find him with a woman, but no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? And then a few verses later, Shante, you don't have to bring this up. It says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. She said, he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and stay two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. We now have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Jesus here, the best thing he does, this is I think my favorite gift in the gospel from him. He could have walked up to a woman and told her how to be saved. He could have walked up and shared with her. She's had how many husbands? I mean, just, she's had five husbands? Could have been easy, like the first the conversation. The disciples walk up. They're confused. Why are you talking to her? Even like good people, like the disciples, are confused at why he would. And Jesus sits there, and Jesus creates a space for a woman in shame, a woman who does not want to be seen, to tell her story and he does not try and fix her on the spot. He lets her go. And he creates in us the most beautiful picture how to be a community. I am letting you be you. I will not try and change you right now. Say what you need to say. 
Even if it's scary and different and awkward and awful, you have a space to say it here. To me, the people that do that in our lives will always be the people that love us best and that we love the most. And I'm, I just want to say sorry to Church Collective at how many times I've tried to provide the answer. Part of it is because of ministry training teaches you that if you're a pastor, you need to have all the answers. When realistically, pastors probably have maybe less answers than anybody. They just know how to point people directly to Jesus. And so today as people share story, I want to encourage you. I hope you hear something that makes you like, what happened? I hope someone shares something that to you creates a question in you that doesn't line up specifically with everything that you think. Because in that case, we become like this quilt in our community of people who should not be together. The best thing about Christian community, if it's done the way that God wants it done, is you should look at people and say, there's no stinking way they should be together. There is nothing that should draw those people together. They are crazy different. There are different people from this branch of the government there are different people from this political affiliation there are people from this and somehow at the end of the day they can gather around a table and say we gather because of Jesus and just because of that that's enough does that make sense so we practice this in our service setting when it's awkward because we want it to happen in your life because when you're at work and someone across from you says um just pick anything they're for this and Christians shouldn't be for that that you create a space to listen to them and don't fix them. They have a story. There's a reason why they believe what they believe. There's a reason why this woman hid from people. Everyone's in hiding, right? My, ho my hope is that our community would become so good at listening that we actually trust Jesus to do the fixing of things instead of being so afraid that when we hear something that's different, we have to fix it. Amen? Is that too much? A little good? Okay, so if you're here... Um, and you want to share your story, I want to say thank you. But first off, if you've been at the last two city dinners, we're not going to ask you to come up. I'm just going to ask you to stand unless you just feel like that would be awful for you. If you've been at one of the last two city dinners, would you please stand? We're just going to, we're going to pray for you as you stand. And you can stand right where you're at, or you can stay seated and look at me like you're looking at me, and I can cry and leave if that's what we want to do. Or you can just stand. Thank you. She, she led the, thank you. Okay. <laughs> All right, so anybody else? Last two city dinners. There's people in here. You're lying. If you came to the last two city dinners, what we're trying to do is trying to have people see people's faces to know, here's some of the new people at our church. Um, so right now, Father, we just want to say you're welcome here, and we want you to know that this is your home, and it's our home, and we want the table to be for you and for your future, and we want to love you well. So, Father, right now, we just say thank you for the people who you're bringing. We've never spent a dollar on promoting our church, so it has to be you. It has to be you through relationships and connections, and so we pray enormous blessings on these people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So if you're one of the sharers, we're gonna let you come up for two minutes, and you can be first if you want. <laughs> you are, oh, yay, Shelby! We love Shelby. The mic's right next to you. All right, so Shelby, don't make me be crazy weird pastor and t take the mic from you, okay? Do you want to stand up here or up here? Ooh, okay, all right. We'll go over here, all right. I'm just going to sit. You can stand wherever you want. Hi, I'm Shelby. Is this on? Hello? Better? Yes, hi. Um, so I have two minutes, which means it's not a lot of time. But I'm Shelby, and what, like, just a little bit about myself and then how I ended up here. 
in two minutes or less. Oh, just me. Okay, hi. Um, I am Shelby. I moved here from Florida in last April, the very end of April. I do behavior therapy for children with autism. Um, I really love rock climbing. I really love Jesus. Those are like the two things that I love a lot in people. I really love people. Um, when I found out I was doing this, and I was like, okay, I have two minutes. What am I going to say in two minutes? I need it to be wonderful. I was praying, and the Lord um, was just like, you know, you you aren't supposed to be in this room. Like, it doesn't make sense without me. And people need to know that because it brings glory to who I am. And so he gave me two scripture. In Psalm 118, it says, when hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. And then if you go down further, it says, I will not die but live. It will proclaim what the Lord has done. And I feel like my whole life has been not dying but living. And when I found out who Jesus was six years ago, um, from that point, it's proclaiming what he has done. And it's been a constant hard pressing. And I feel like River City is the first spacious place that the Lord has brought me into. And it doesn't make sense. I was not supposed to be here. I met Josh at Rev, and I did not ask his name, nor did I ask what church he went to, because I didn't want to. But I uh, went on Google and Googled churches in Smyrna, and it's on, like, the fourth page. So I went through and hit every single church and looked up their leadership until I found Josh. And then I showed up at their house and was like, I'm here, and I don't know why. I do not. Y'all could be weird. You could handle snakes. I don't know but I'm just here, and I want to know what you guys are about, and it's the first time I feel like I can breathe in a community of people, which to me is the highest, highest compliment I could ever receive or give. It's just feeling like this place is a breath of fresh air, so I am here, and I love it so far. That was two minutes, kind of. Natural in front of people. You're, you. you're supposed to be a preacher. I know. I love. Yeah. Who's next? Some people signed up. We got. We got somebody coming. Mm-hmm. Here he comes. Ken. I say, hey, Ken. Hello. Where you wanna go? I'll sit right here with you. It's safe. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna try to just hit some main points so you guys know who I am. Um, my name is Ken. Wife couldn't be here today because uh, son got a fever, got some teeth growing. All right, um, married 12 years. Uh, I'm born and raised here in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, down by Zoo Atlanta. My wife is originally from Smyrna. Well, Port-au-Prince, Haiti, but she lived in Smyrna about 20 years. Uh, son and daughter, Elizabeth, nine. Uh, Solomon, 10 months. Uh, let's see. My wife and I met. We was actually modeling. That's how we met. Funny story. I have to tell you guys that one day. It was really funny. Uh, married in 2004. Uh, been in ministry since 2004. If you, if you are married or been married, you know what I'm talking about. That's ministry. <laughs> but we've been in, I'm, that was a joke, but have been in ministry around ministry for about, you know, since 2003. Uh, served under Pastor Mahesh Chavda and Bunny Chopped out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Been in the healing deliverance ministry for about 35 years. Uh, Want to bring that gift here and uh, lay it at their feet and you guys' feet. And uh, let's see. Uh, I'm, by gifting, I guess according to the word, I'm an evangelist. 
So my calling is really outside the church. You know, we've seen God do some miraculous things when we on our date night at the restaurant. He just give a word to people or somebody getting prayed for, somebody got healed. It just happens. And it's really cool when a guy in the gym raises his hands and he goes to crying. And he's all buff and, you know, he'll accepting Jesus on the bench, you know. <laughs> it's really cool. I uh, love that kind of stuff. But, you know, just yield it to the Lord and his presence. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Real quick. Uh, oh, my wife is an executive admin assistant for an engineering firm. I am an investment advising business. Um, I want to bless the community with what I know, but I want to give it to the church. I think I, think I want to build God's church in terms of the financial movement. Uh, that's my heart anyway. You know. So uh, let's see. We believe in the supernatural, and I'll end with this. We believe in the supernatural is natural. I, that's just how we operate. You know, God, in the Genesis, he says, uh, God blew his breath in man, and man became a living soul. That's the closest you're going to get to God, so to have his breath inside of you. So we believe that should be natural. Signs, wonders, and miracles are natural to us, and we believe that. Uh, healing. We believe in uh, the Lord and healing, and we believe Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Amen. My better half, everyone. <laughs> um, I'm Sharice. Um, I didn't plan anything or prepare. I was that child in high school and in college that did everything right before class. So pardon me on that. I don't have any scripture or anything. Um, my husband, Roy, um, and I were from Michigan. And we have two sons, uh, Bryce and Zachary, three and four. Yes, we were crazy back to back. Um, I don't know what to really say. I'm a stay-at-home mom. My husband works with many hats at his job. And would you like to say something? Or I'm done. I'm not taking the whole two minutes. So, but I'm still growing and everything. I'm still learning. So, work with me on that. <laughs> like pray for me on that one with everything. All right. Um, hello, everyone. She introduced me. My name is Roy. Um, my wife, Sharice. Uh, real quick, uh, as far as when we first came here, my wife was, was coming here. Um, I didn't know anything about it. You know, she was getting up in the morning. I was sleeping in. Um, but uh, she, she got introduced to the church. She was checking out the school across the hall here and got introduced to Veronica. So for a long time, our sons were coming here with her and was calling this church Miss Veronica's Church. You know, so, <laughs> so you guys were not River City for a long time. You were Miss Veronica's Church. And um, it really, uh, it, was, it was a testimony to me because a lot of times we interact with people and sometimes we're the only Jesus that they meet. And so sometimes people say, I want to go to Roy's church. I want to know what Roy's religion is or whatever the case is. Sometimes we're the only true testimony um, that, that people get a chance to see, and they see so much mess on TV and reality shows of what Christianity is, but sometimes we're that only true testimony um, and, and, you know, really representing our Father being ambassadors of Jesus Christ and really uh, representing that. Real quick, um, my background, been in church all my life, um, served all my life. Um, a lot of times I put a lot of faith and expectations in man, 
So a lot of times I've, I've set myself up for failures at other churches. And so that's why I chose to pray for the um, pray for the staff um, that that we're not going into a new situation, a new church, expecting people to mess up, expecting things to come out. But we're going into it, praying for um, just godly lifestyles that that we're, we're, we're praying that you guys are protected, the ones that are serving, um, the ones that are coming in here volunteering, the head of the church, so on and so forth, that we're just praying for you guys and, and holding you all up in prayer. And um, last but not least, thank you again for you guys pray for my mother. Even when I wasn't coming here, <laughs> my wife alone, she told you guys about my mother, um, so her, her illness, and um, my father, he had some other things going on, and you guys were continuously praying for them, and so thank you for that as well. So that's it. If you stay, if you stay at your seat, you get four minutes. That was creative. Because <laughs> I'll come up in just a second. I like that. It's a plan. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Don't be scared. This won't happen again for four months. So. Yes. I also am that kid in college who doesn't prepare. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm not alone. Yeah. Uh, which goes into what I'm about to say. My name's Becca. I'm from Brunswick, Georgia. I moved up here three years ago for school at Georgia State. Um, before that, I was with YWAM, Youth with the Mission. Don't know if you're familiar with that. My dog. Um, anyway, <laughs> Ashley back there. Um, so I knew a few people who started coming to this church a, wa a while back, Ashley being one of them, Alita and Justin being another few of them. And I got invited a few times, and I was like, oh, no, like, I like my church. It's cool. Um, and I, I kind of, like, felt that thing deep in your gut, you know, where you're like, I should go. I should probably go. Anyway, so long story short, since I have two minutes, now probably, like, one, um, I met Chelsea through a Facebook post, uh, which was a crazy series of events. We apparently have some YWAM friends in common. She actually went to the same YWAM base I did. And through that, I started coming and... The reason I stayed is because community is like real here. I've gone to a lot of churches where you walk in and you're like that awkward kid that's like, I don't know where to go, I don't know what I'm doing, I <laughs> don't know anyone and they're all looking at me funny. But you guys, like, I have never felt more accepted when I walk through a door. Y'all think greeters aren't important, but let me tell you, my girl Stevie, I don't know if she's here or not. <laughs> But if you're here and you, or you know her, you got her number, let her know. Becca said hello, and that she is part of the reason I stayed here. Um, but she, so awesome. the way that you guys greet people, you really make them feel like family. And that's really important because when people are isolated, which I kind of was and didn't know, uh, Proverbs 18.1 says, the fool isolates himself and pursues selfish desires. And that's what I was doing. But while I was in my selfishness unknowingly, God was putting people in front of me, like you guys to like bring me back out of that, you know, and like remind me that community is important and it's through community that we really find that transformation and like life that Jesus brings because we're not meant to live on our own, you know. So anyway, thank you for like walking that call out as a church, not only individually, but as a group and community, huh? Um, yeah, that's why I stuck around. I love you guys. I don't even know most of you, but I like you already. So we're on, we're on a good start. Thank you. You know, some people, like, when they, this is going to be a compliment. You know, some people start to ramble. You're like, oh, please, just hand them. That's not what you did. Some people are gifted at it. Like, you're like, it was really great. Like, you, that was really awesome. That was very complimentary and just 
passionate, and you can see your heart in it. Thank you for sharing that. And Stevie's in working in kids' ministry right now. She's awesome. Who else? Who else? Who else? People are about to start getting that look, so if you're coming, you want to come. You're going to start getting that look. Richard, you come every time we do my open mic. No, you're not. I'm not. I'm not. No, no. Richard, I'm holding your mic. I'm holding your mic. I'm holding your mic. You're holding my mic. Yeah. Okay. All right. Think, well, think first what you're going to say. I, I, I got it already. Okay. I, I've been thinking. Okay. Hey, guys. I'm Richard. You guys all know me. Um, before I started coming here, my life was going up and down. I had little rough patches. And then, whew, whew. All right, so then I started, I started coming here from the football thing, and Josh started talking to us, and then I came up here because I needed some help from Josh and the church. I got that help, and I just stayed, and then ever since then, it just slowly inclining. It has its little dips. Everything got to go down and come back up, but since then, it's been constantly on the incline, and my life has been gotten really better because of you guys. Thank you. Thank you, bro. That's the one trick about story days. You can't make somebody else come. Oh, I'm not making him in. God is making you come. Whoa! <laughs> he just dropped the G-bomb on you. You, prob you probably have to come now. No, you didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> God told him to tell you to come. No pressure. Don't let God tell you that you have to marry anybody in this room because that never works out really well for anybody. God told me I'm marrying you. Well, um, the reason why I stayed was because of the retreat. Uh, when Luke was praying for me, I know he, um, he had really opened my eyes and stuff. And ever since I started like really believing in the word, my life has gotten a lot better. My football life has gotten a lot better. I'm training different and all of that my school work. So, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Thanks, Makai. <laughs> we love Makai. Anybody else? Oh, there's a fight. No, you guys got to fight. You get to come, and then you get to come. Yes. Everybody, we love Sarah. Miss Sarah is awesome. Come Okay. Excuse me. Well, I can just quickly say, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Mm. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, and all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty together again. But the king can and is and does and is continuing to put me together again. I come out of a... A long history of multiple kinds of abuse from several different abusers. And through that, I learned some sinful ways to cope and to kill the pain. You know, addiction, lying, and in my younger days, prostitution. If I said that quick, it doesn't count, right? Nobody even heard it. <laughs> so, but I came to, to Christ and got sober in 1988. And some years later, I had an experience with the Holy Spirit this in the last three, four years. And I tell you, 
the minute, and still, I've still got so far to go, but God has done so much in my life. I only share those kind of things uh, if I'm giving a testimony or when it's to help somebody else, when it's to share with them and identify with them, you know, some of the things that happen. Um, but I have a long way to go. God is still healing. He's still changing me. He's still... He still, you know, keeps me on a pretty short leash as I invite him into all these areas he's healing. So the minute I walked in the door, I sensed this is a place where you can come for healing and for love and for acceptance, no matter what you've done or where you've been. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be honest. If you would have went over, I wouldn't have stopped you. Like you're the only person I'd be like, I'm not stopping you. What am I doing? What am I going to do? Anybody else? Yes, sir? You in the back? It's all right. It's past 12 now, so people are like, yeah, this is awesome and all, but Jesus also blessed food. I had two cups of coffee, so my wife was like, keep it short uh, today. Um, I didn't know if we met the cusp, but I think we've come to the first of the last two um, uh, city dinners, but it feels like we've been here a lot longer. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been here since about August, but I'm John. Uh, my wife, Lindsay, is the short one in the back. Um, we've been married uh, almost five years. It'll be five years in June. We got married really young. At, uh, she was 19 and I was 21 when we got married. But nice. um, Anywho, I'm a Chick-fil-A nerd. I work for Chick-fil-A corporate and help uh, train new operators before they get their restaurants. Uh, Lindsay's a nanny and an um, entrepreneur. She's starting a pajama business for kids. And uh, we came to River City after um, moving to Atlanta. We had been here about, I guess, a year and a half and still hadn't really found a church home. We'd been going to church because um, I have that conviction bone. I'm like, we got to go to church. But we were sort of just slipping in and out. Um, I think we came out of a, a generation of church where it was, uh, I don't know, it was about the music and the lights and it was a cool atmosphere and, you know, church was using um, Sunday as the medium through which to, to meet people. And um, we got, I, I was a worship leader at a church for quite a few years going that direction and got kind of burnt out and I think um, in a lot of ways overly bitter uh, toward the church. But um, since being in Atlanta, um, we were really searching for a church home and I just got to the point where I told Lindsay, I said, I, I could care less what the preaching is like and I could care less what the music is like. I just want to know people. And if it's a if we're the youngest people in the church by 30 years, but they do potlucks on Sundays, we'll go there, you know, and um, just, just, we were longing for that. She wasn't, she wasn't down for that, but um, anywho, I, I think it's a bonus that the, the music is great and the preaching's great, but that's not, that's not why we come. Um, we, we too found, um, found River City through Google. We were kind of like, someone told us one time, they're like, oh, you're the Google couple. Yeah, y'all found the, um, found the church, but it was, uh, it, it was really unbelievable to, to walk in and um, um, met Jordan on the very first day, and it wasn't like, hey, let me get your contact, and we'll be in touch. It was just, hey, we're, we're going to go to the food truck thing on Monday if you guys want to come, and that was, that was it for us. We were like, these are our people. We found a, found a community. It's been unbelievable, so really grateful to be here. Thanks. Thank you. Two mics. I always do that. Anybody? <laughs> Anyone? Bueller? Come on, bring it. It's, I'm telling you, it's post-12, though. The looks you get will not be good. Preachers know this. I've got a sermon planned. Oh, uh, sweet. I right, I'll you see you tomorrow, then. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name's James. I just wanted to say hi. I didn't sign up. I forgot. Sorry. Um, but 
I'm 25 years old. I grew up in Gwinnett County, uh, born in Grady. I'm a Grady baby. I know I don't fit that profile, but I am. Uh, it's true. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. Anyways, my, par my parents are from South Korea, first generation Korean American. Um, I never, I never look at this side, so I'll just talk to this side. <laughs> they all know me over there. Um, so I started coming w about two months ago, and um, I'm a school teacher at a private Christian school in, in Norcross, Georgia. I teach about, I have a school garden, and I teach kids about um, plants and things like that. And um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I have a, I, I'm a dreamer, um, I get passionate about anything, and I am love having fun, and would love to meet any of you guys and hang out with any of you guys at any given time. That's real, too. He's easily one of my favorite people. Um, he's, he'll hang out with you anytime. Anywhere, call him, yep, we'll do it. Awesome. Um, very thankful for you guys. Anybody else? All right, right here. Nice. If you if you also want to come, you probably want to go, go ahead and come up on stage. That'll at least appease some of the people out there. They'll think, oh, it's wrapping up. It doesn't have to, but it'll look like that. Go ahead. Thank you. So I'm Susan Amon. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is my first time here. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, my name is Susan Amen. Can I hear an amen? Nice. Nice. Oh, my gosh, this Quality. is crazy. So I was born and raised in Ohio and came down to Atlanta to get schooled a couple years ago. And then I've been on the East Coast for the last few years. And God threw me for a loop. And I'm back in Ohio now. And... Uh, working in the environmental health and safety field, and I'm uh, just down here visiting my friend Sharon. And I actually have signed up with my home church in Ohio to do church planting. And I actually think this is the exact kind of church I wanna have. Wow. Um, someone explained to me church planting is kinda like uh, when you're a, a, like a Chick-fil-A franchise. <laughs> You, you want to start another franchise because you really liked that church or that business and you, you want that. And so this actually, That's awesome. um, it is like, why would I be here? <laughs> it's just fabulous. So just want to let you guys know, I've been in the greater New York City area for the last eight years and it is a vacuum of just that you can't feel God everywhere. Mm -hmm. And you guys have something here and it is so precious and it is palpable. When I walked in and you greeted me, I felt it and, and it's God. And it's something that is real and wow, this is what I want and this is what I wanna do. I wanna create communities like this and so keep awesome. up whatever you're doing. Amen. Jeez. Let's do this real quick. Can we pray for you? Let's start here. Um, sure. What's your sure. name again? Susan. Susan, let's Amen. all pray. Just reach your hands towards Susan. You know what the name of the church will be or anything no, like no that? Idea. All right, no well, idea. let's just pray. Father, we thank you for, for you being here because that's ultimately what encouraged her. And I pray that you would show her that you, you're going to go with her and you're going to be with her. You're gonna go, he's going to go before you and prepare a way. And I just pray, Father, that she would um, 
just realize what you put in here. He's put some things inside of you even that he's going to use and bring to the surface, some skills you're afraid you don't have and some things maybe that will come out that I'm just not good at this. He's going to prepare the way. He's going to give you what you need, and you don't have to stress. You don't want to fear. He's going to replace the fear with love and give you just a passionate outlook and a loving one. And if, if loss comes or loss of finance comes, any of that, it won't even matter because it'll be a better goal with Jesus. And so Jesus, just thank you for this. Encourage her. Let her take this with her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> um, do you guys want to stand to your feet? Part of you are like, yeah, yeah, we do, buddy. We do want to stand to our feet. Yeah. So I am going to throw a curveball. If you need to leave, you can leave. But everybody that just spoke, I would love for you to just come stand up near the front. If you're, you're already, the terror has already left you because you came up. We're going we're gonna to pray for you. So couples come up and people who spoke, we're going to just let people surround you and pray for you. Everyone else, James, if you want to come up and everyone else, I'm going to give you a closing prayer, but we're going to have open prayer in here. If you're going to stay in this room, we just ask that you would honor that people are going to be praying. If you want to stay, pray, worship. But if you want to talk and stuff, go get some coffee, um, hang out in the lobby. Um, I thank you so much for being here. I thank you for being a part of this community. I thank you that you, you're listening to God and that you love him and that you know that we don't want to manipulate you. We want you to come alive in Jesus' name. Help every single person in here come alive and know who they are in Christ and tap into what the, the vine in John. God, that vine that's you. Let the fruit come out. Let us not perform. Let there be peace for the journey. Peace this week. Let's not perform this week. Let's throw away our masks. Let's be honest in situations we need to be honest. Let's trust the Lord to go before us. Let's listen to people's stories, the annoying ones, the people that we're going to hear tomorrow because we heard this, the annoying ones that we don't want. I pray that as Jesus was tired leaning upon the well, he still had ears to listen to a woman who was in shame. And we pray that that's what we are this week. In Jesus' name, go before us, go with us. You guys are going to be free to go. Um, if you stay, we're going to pray. And for anybody in here who just, somebody who, when they were sharing, it either struck a chord in you or you felt that or you kind of, you want to partner with it, just come around and in a really polite way, ask if it's all right if you lay hands on and if it is, do so and just pray for them for a little bit. Prayer teams for anyone else are going to be up front as well. Um, if you need prayer for anything, you can do that. So uh, feel free to do that. We're going to gather around and pray for them and then you guys are free to go. So I'll keep talking until people start gathering around and praying. It'll just be weird. So let's just make it happen. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.